Is your team not performing well? Is morale low and turnover high? Are you falling further behind the competition? I'm here to help. I'm your host, Shaney, and this is The Leadership Show, where business strategy and culture finally meet, and we make the long-awaited shift from rhetoric to results. I promise I'm not your typical boring leadership consultant, and I will help you get your shift together. Let's do this. Hello, hello, leader shifters. Welcome to The Leadership Show. This is Shaney, your host, and you know, my mission is to help you, your team, and your organization get your shift together. I'm always talking about how business strategy and culture strategy absolutely have to meet. And today we're gonna talk about how it starts with you first. In other words, you have to have a strategy for your own career and your own life and create the kind of culture you want in your life and on your teams in order to be as effective as a leader as you, as you can possibly be. And when I talk about shifting rhetoric to results, in this context, what I mean is stop the complaining about how miserable you are and how the people on your team suck and actually do something about it, right? We cannot live our lives in the passenger seat. We have to get control. Did you know that 70% of US workers are either disengaged or actively disengaged? This means people hate their jobs, and as a result, they're not as productive as they could be and not doing as good of a job as we need them to be to drive our business results. So it's up to you and you to help your teams get into the driver's seat and make the shifts that we need to make in order to be happy, challenged, and fulfilled at work. I made a ton of shifts in my career over the years, and I'll just share a couple of examples with you. When I was first working on Wall Street at Goldman Sachs, I was an analyst in the investment banking group, and I fucking loved that job. First of all, I was a communications major, and so working in finance itself was really challenging to me. And so I was learning something every minute of every day, and I was working with incredibly inspiring and smart people. I was in meetings with CEOs, CFOs, COOs, heads of finance, and I was traveling around the world. And of course, it was back in the day, so back then it was first class with a pretty unlimited expense account. But it really, it wasn't the perks that made me love the job. It was how much I was learning and how much I was challenged and the culture that was created on, on the teams that I was part of. And after two years as an analyst, what I decided was I love the work, but I need a life. <laughs> because as an investment banking analyst, you work seven days a week, late nights, you pull all-nighters. And after a while, you just want to do something other than work. And so I made a shift. I could have stayed. What I did was instead pursued a job up on the trading floor doing high-yield sales. And although you can't really say that working any, in any department at Goldman gives you like work-life balance, at least in the sales and trading environment, I had my weekends back, which I didn't often have in investment banking. So that was a great shift to make in service of sort of my mental health, if you will. And again, working in the high yield market filled me up for years. I loved it. There was a great 
team of colleagues on the desk. We were working on really exciting deals across tons of different industries and geographies. The time that I was in the market, we were not only doing deals for old line businesses that are household names that had maybe fallen out of favor because their businesses were challenging, but we were also doing deals for telecom startups and technology startups. And it was just a really exciting time. And again, I was learning so much and I was challenged by managing the relationships between Goldman and big institutional clients, hedge funds, money managers, mutual funds, insurance company, portfolio managers, all that sort of stuff. And so for years, yes, I loved my job. I was fulfilled and I was challenged until I wasn't. <laughs> there came a point in time where the pros of the job started to be outweighed by the negative aspects of the job, which primarily for me became stress and anxiety. The markets had become way more global and therefore there was always something going on in the world that was potentially of concern to one of my clients or for our business at the firm. And I literally became like, you can, you can even see it in my body right now. When I talk about it, I was stressed and anxious all the time and I had ADD and I was looking around at all these screens and the news and it's like, Oh shit, what if I miss something that's important? What if I miss a trade? I was, I was having nightmares and literally I could feel my health starting to deteriorate and certainly my sanity. And after feeling this for a few years, I was like, I have got to make a shift or else I am just going to be a basket case and maybe have a nervous breakdown, which neither of which would be great, obviously. By 2004, not only was I burnt out, but I was getting more and more disillusioned with what I was doing. And I had really decided that I no longer wanted to be an investment banker when I grew up. And I made the ultimate shift, which in 2004 was made the big decision to leave Goldman Sachs. And at the time, my husband and I made a break for Vail, Colorado, not only for a fresh start for me in a career, but for some fresh air and a change of scenery and to pursue the things we love, like skiing and climbing and hiking and everything. So lots of decisions along the way to ultimately make that monumental shift and I can talk to you a little bit later in the podcast about some of the things I did to get myself comfortable making that big shift. And when I moved to Colorado, I had no idea what I was going to do. <laughs> I was lost. I was confused. I just knew I wanted to do something different. But I didn't let it get me down. I literally took action every day. I started sending out resumes. I was on all the websites monster.com and you know you name it looking for jobs looking for roles in the paper networking putting myself out there i did some short-term consulting gigs to keep myself sharp and to earn a little money and finally i made the connection that led to me getting the job at the television station which was the next big shift away from wall street and in back to my communication roots managing a television station locally in vale and this was a huge fucking shift for me. First of all, away from a household name with all the resources that you can imagine at a place like Goldman to a small, unknown startup in a small town. It was a shift from having all the resources I could possibly need to never having enough resources in time or people. It was a shift from dominating the market 
to being a no-name in the market competing against a big-pocketed and trans uh, competitor. It was a shift from left-brain people to right-brain creative types. I mean, so many shifts I can't even tell you. Ultimately, they decided to hire me because they really believed that it would be easier to teach me the television business than to teach producer types how to run a business, how to create and manage to a budget, and how to manage people effectively. And I got to tell you, I learned so much in the two years that I did that job, and it was really an important shift on my resume to, I guess, give me some diversity away from finance and into other things. And a lot of what I learned managing in that environment led, really planted the seeds and led to what I'm doing now, I would say. So please take this story as inspiration that you shouldn't live life in the passenger seat, right? Take control, do something, right? We should all be happy, challenged, and fulfilled at work. And I ultimately got to that place, you know, until I made another shift, but we'll talk about those another time. In my role as part of the leadership project, I help teams and companies and organizations and individual leaders make shifts all the time. It could be shifts in strategy, it could be shifts in culture, it could be shifts in sales strategy, you name it. Well, what I want to share today is the story of an individual executive coaching client I work with because I, I really just love this story. And of course, I can't use her real name or any of the details because of confidentiality, but I can tell you enough so that you get a sense for all the various shifts that she was able to make in service of being happier, more fulfilled, and more challenged at work. So she was a, a doctor, a physician at a, let, let, let me say, a, an Ivy League hospital system. So she had done very well for herself, but she was not one to be complacent. She, she liked practicing medicine, but it, it wasn't enough. She was getting increasingly frustrated with the bureaucracy of a big hospital system, with you know a bit of the monotony of just clinic after clinic after clinic in her specialty. And what she really wanted was to morph her subspecialty in with some other subspecialties and even combine a little bit of Eastern medicine in service of better patient outcomes, right? Because she felt like medicine still to this day operates way too siloed and patients really could benefit from a more holistic approach to medicine. And that's what she was really passionate about. And when she came to me for coaching, and by the way, you notice this is a doctor who came for coaching. Sure, I coach lots of corporate executives, but I'm deliberately using an example of someone you might not typically think of as an executive coaching client. But obviously doctors are very, very experienced professionals, and they too want to make a bigger difference and up their game. Anyway, so she was frustrated. She was a little bored. And that's when she came to me for coaching. And so one of the first shifts we made was really helping her get clear on what she really wanted. She knew what she didn't want, but I'm not so sure she was clear on what she did want. So I asked her a bunch of provocative questions. And ultimately, she decided that what she really wanted to go for was to try and get more formally integrated with the cancer facility at, at this hospital system. Well, that's kind of a big, big, hairy, audacious goal, right? BHAG. 
And she was really overwhelmed by it, to tell you the truth. She wasn't sure she had the gravitas to make that happen. She was a bit discouraged by some of the other stories she heard from colleagues who had tried to do similar, innovative, more holistic things. And she kind of didn't even know where to start. So in addition to making the shifts toward moving towards what she wants, and in addition to making the shifts of, okay, this doesn't have to be a daunting goal. We can break this down into small digestible pieces. The other shift that I helped this doctor make was in her mindset, because that's really what makes the difference. It's not in just what you do, it's in how you're being when you're taking all of those actions. I talk about the difference between doing and being in one of the chapters of my book, The Better Boss Blueprint, so check that out. But trust me, what really makes the difference in success is not what you do, because there's lots of people out there doing the same shit every day. It's in how you do it, and the intentions you have behind it and the impact that you make on people when you're doing it. So for example, we could have set her off on this course being lacking a little confidence, not being as clear as she could be, um, maybe uh, being feeling a little, a little intimidated, and that would come across in what she did. Instead, we got her to be confident and clear and professional and respectful and passionate about what she was trying to create between her subspecialty and oncology. And boy, did it pay off. I mean, it definitely took time and we worked on it every two weeks for about a year, but ultimately she was able to secure a clinic one day a week at the cancer center. And that was huge. Along the way, however, she also made some important shifts in how she was perceived. Suddenly, like everybody knew who she was because she had been aligning all the people she needed to align along the way and really making a name for herself as having a great vision and being a great doctor and being innovative and being super professional. And this, so it's not just the clinic that she was able to start. It was how she elevated her own career and the perception that other people had of her that were super shifts. She looks back on it today and can't believe how far she's come. And so I can't even tell you how inspiring this was to be a part of and watch her succeed. And you know, the rest of the story is yet to be written. And I have every confidence that she's going to continue to knock it out of the park. So between the story I told you and the story of my client, I'm hoping you really get my call to action today, which is don't live life in the passenger seat. Get behind the fucking wheel and make the changes you need to make to be happier, to be more challenged, to be more fulfilled in your job. You can do it, I promise. Why is it important? Well, duh. <laughs> if you're always doing you know, the shoulda, coulda, woulda, you're always going to have regrets and you're going to be unhappy and that will show up everywhere in your life. It'll show up in your personal life and your relationships with your family and your significant others and your kids and your friends. And ultimately your health and wellness will suffer because you're miserable. And who wants to go through life like that, right? So that's why it's important. We don't want to, you know, sort of have that quintessential moment when we're at the end of our lives being like, shit, why didn't I do all those things I really dreamed about? Okay. So 
I know what some of you are thinking because I hear it all the time. Well, that's fine for you. And that might be fine for other people, but I'm stuck. I can't make a change. I've been doing what I do for far too long, or I have too many bills to pay to risk making a shift, or blah, 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 excuse, excuse, excuse. Bullshit. <laughs> Everyone has transferable skills that they can take on the road to a new role, to a new industry, to a new geography, to a new manager, whatever the shift is that you need to be happier, more fulfilled, and more challenged in your job. And you just have to take it one step at a time. So I'm gonna give you three tips for how to get started on this. The first one is to ask yourself some provocative questions. Some of the same questions I asked myself when I was lost and confused and looking to change careers. And some of the provocative questions I asked my client when she was not fully satisfied that she was fulfilling her potential. Questions like, what do you like or find fulfilling about your job? What do you not like or not find fulfilling and challenging about your job? If you could create the perfect job, what would it look like? Or like literally if time or money were no object, what, what do you dream to do? And I'm not saying evaluate it right now. You'll evaluate the reality of doing any of these things later. But while you're asking yourself these questions, let your creative juices flow so you can really figure out what you want to do. Another tool that I love that I've shared with clients is a Japanese concept called ikigai. It means a reason for being. Hopefully you can see this graphic here. It essentially, ikigai is what you get in the middle when you have this Venn diagram combining what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can get paid for. And I'm guaranteeing that all of you can be closer to the center than you are. You are not as stuck as you think you are. Tip number two, get support. You don't have to go through these shifts alone. Get a coach. Use a mentor, a friend that you can really trust, or a family member, or even hire a consultant. There are people out there in the world that can help you. You don't have to bear the loads alone. I hired a coach when I was lost and didn't know what I wanted to do next. In, in fact, I wasn't confident enough that I could do anything besides do Wall Street. I didn't know that I had all these other options open to me, so I hired a career coach, and it really helped. And when I was finally ready to make the shift, I then hired a consulting company to help me sort of with my personal brand, if you will. They helped me redo my resume. They helped me refine my narrative so that when I was talking to people and going on interviews, I could easily connect the dots between what I had done, what my experiences were, and what my skill set was to show how those things could benefit them, even though it wasn't Wall Street. So I got the support I needed. And... Thirdly, you got to make some tough decisions, right? You look and ultimately you got to leap. But once you've made the decision, you don't have to accomplish it all at once. You take small, actionable steps towards that goal every single day. And you just keep doing it and keep doing it. And before you know it, you look back and you see you've made a lot of progress. I mean, ultimately, I, as you heard me describe, 
when I, when I got to Colorado, when I'd made that big decision, I had a, I had a look at finding a new job as a job. I couldn't just sit there and wait for some job to be presented to me on a silver fucking platter. No, as I said, I was out there connecting and looking for jobs and sending resumes day in and day out until something happened. And it finally did. So let me recap. If you are feeling like you need to make a shift in your career, first of all, ask yourself some of those tough questions, those provocative questions to get more clarity and what you really want to do. Two, get support. You're not in it alone. And three, finally make a choice. Nothing's irreversible. And then take small actions every day towards accomplishing those new goals. Because everybody has a right to be happier, more fulfilled, and more challenged in their jobs, which is why I continue to say today, get in the driver's seat of your life and of your career, right? If you're miserable, don't stay there, right? You're not as stuck as you think you are. You might have a shitty boss. You may not like your company. Are, is this somebody holding a gun to your head to keep you in that position every day? I think not. So take some, some inspiration from my stories and, and the story I told you about the client and get your own shift together when it comes to this. As Les Brown said, this is a really good quote on this topic, too many of us are not living, living our dreams because we're too busy living our fears, right? So get over the fears, carry them with you, and do what you got to do to get into that driver's seat. So back to where we started, which is getting your own business strategy or career strategy in line with the culture strategy that you want for your life, for your career, for your team, make them happen, merge them together and create what you want. Because when you're in the best possible position, then you are going to be a far more effective leader for the people in your direct sphere of influence, as well as everybody else in your organization. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Leadership Show. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, if you want to come on The Leadership Show for some live in the moment coaching so I can help you with a shift that you're looking to make, reach out to us at hello at theleadershipshow.com or post to any of our social media outlets and we will get back to you. Have a great day. And again, thanks for joining us on The Leadership Show. Till next time.